This podcast is for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be financial or investment advice. Seek a licensed professional for investment advice about crypto or any other investment. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Blazing Crypto Podcast. I'm Brandon. I'm your host today. And I'm joined as always by co-host Justin. Justin, we are coming off of a, and frankly still in, a buy the dip kind of season. So let me ask you, have you been buying the dip? I have been. I, I bought the dip yesterday and then my uh, my dollar cost average usually goes out around lunchtime on Fridays. So I will buy the dip again later today for sure. Excellent. That's what I like to hear. That's what I like to hear. Well, if you are listening to us and have been listening to us for our first uh, set of episodes here, first of all, thank you. And uh, we really appreciate the comments, the texts, and uh, your your likes, shares, <laughs> follows, uh, subscribes, and, and all of that. Seriously, it does mean the world to us. So thank you. Uh, we are excited to continue our Find My Crypto, uh, your GPS for navigating the crypto space series where last time we talked about sort of where are we in the, the larger sort of four-year time frame and how does that actually affect our decision-making, how we move money in, move, moving money out, moving money around, etc., and a number of other things. You can listen to that uh, on your device. Today, we're actually going to do a second installment in this series. We're actually going to talk about what the top is like. So in last time, we actually looked at the bull market and the bear market. In theory, in reality, the top is the peak of the bull cycle, but also really the the end of the bull cycle. And today we're going to describe, talk about, and actually give uh, recommendations about how to handle the top, how to understand it, what's it like, what, what, what was it like last time, what should you expect. If you're newer to crypto... And when I say newer, I mean basically you joined after 2018, uh, which is probably most people that are in the space now. Maybe you got into the space because a friend of yours did really well in 2017 and you're like, hey, I want in. Maybe you were looking for additional investment opportunities and and Bitcoin, crypto, blockchain, however you came into it, whatever your your, uh, angle of interest is. Maybe the space overall is very interesting to you and you wanted skin in the game. Whatever reason you jumped in, uh, if if you started after January 2018, you've never actually experienced the top of a parabolic cycle. And I think we need to sort of settle, you know, settle, settle on that for a second. The point is the top of this parabolic run is really unlike anything else that you've experienced. Even if you trade stocks or mutual funds or whatever, the parabolic top of the Bitcoin move. And again, buy for crypto as a whole. But we'll, we'll talk about Bitcoin because sort of the whole cycle will follow what Bitcoin does or at least correspond to Bitcoin. You've never experienced anything like this. Uh, it's a test of nerve. It's a test of uh, sort of the, the steeled convictions and, and, and plans you've made, which we'll talk about later. Anyway, the point is I'm trying to, I'm trying to pump the bulb on this is a new thing, and uh, we're going to talk about that new thing today. So let's dive right in. Um, first of all, let's talk about actually why it's important. 
Because in one sense, you say, Brandon, the thing's going up, and the faster it goes up, great. I don't need to, I don't need to know about it. If it's going up, I'm happy, right? Bitcoin go up. Let's do it. Okay, here's why it's important. We talked about last time that Bitcoin is a parabolic asset. So, you know, right now, Bitcoin has been sort of boring for a number of months. The full expectation is, is that it takes off like it did in 2013, like it did in 2017. And basically, we see a, a straight, almost straight vertical hockey stick uh, blow off top at the very end, where basically the thing just goes ham. Followed by an equally volatile move, though, downward, like waterfall over a cliff. I was thinking today, we recently went to a theme park and rode a, a roller coaster, a pretty fun one at that. But you wait an hour and a half in line, right? And then the climb up the ascent is, what, 30 seconds, 45 seconds, a minute. And then as soon as you hit the top, everything's downhill after that, right? And again, the analogy breaks down, but that's kind of what this thing is like. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Here's to me where the rubber meets the road. And this is why I think we care about this to such a large degree. You've put hours, energy, focus, dollars, time into this market. But what happens is there's really a span of a few weeks in a four-year time frame where you have this massive, outsized, like once every four years. It's kind of like the Olympics, right? It's like the Olympics of investing. We might, we might call it that. Um, this outsized opportunity to not only see your portfolio go up, but actually to realize those profits. So Justin, you know, one of the things we mentioned in our core four is, is how important it is to protect your wealth. Connect the dots here and tell us what, how, how we, are we supposed to protect our wealth or what should we know about that as far as it relates to the top? Yeah. So the, I actually just had a conversation with someone um, early this week around this, this concept. Like we've talked about Bitcoin's volatility and like how to allowing that to like work in your favor. So, and I don't like when, when we're talking about volatility in that nature, we're not necessarily talking about, Oh, it went up 10% today and it went down 5% tomorrow. That, that volatility, that's very volatile. Don't get me wrong, but like, that's not what we mean when taking advantage of volatility. It's when you zoom out and you're like, okay, um, you know, Bitcoin, goes from 3000 at the bottom of the bear market to let's say let's say 100,000 at the top of the next bull market whatever number it is um that's a that's a 33x in that example over a four year time frame that's the volatility where you can capitalize so like there's equal opportunity on both sides of the bull and bear of of basically this blow off top right and if you can um, zoom out and know when to take some profits from your Bitcoin, move into us dollars. There's going to be some immense buying opportunities for you to reenter the market. And you don't have to feel panicked. You don't have to feel rushed. Um, like I said earlier, it's not about the all in or all out mentality, but that's a way of preserving your wealth. And it's letting the volatility of a four year cycle 
play into your favor. Because at the top, when Bitcoin crashes, it's probably going to crash 70% or more, you know, over the course of a year and a half. It usually takes to play that out. So, you know, the number one objection when I talk to people that are either casual investors, professional investors, people that know what they're doing with their money, they're smart, they're, they're experienced, they're wise. The number one objection that I always get, and you just mentioned it, is, oh, Bitcoin is too volatile. And again, you, you, you shared something there that I think is probably worth the price of admission on this episode, which I think is free, right? Is, um, <laughs> is the fact that volatility, in as much as it can work against you, it can absolutely work for you uh, in the same way, in, in larger ways. Like, like we mentioned, I think, on an episode last time, you have, you know, two and a half years or something to slowly accumulate, and then you get this massive opportunity. To me, that sounds like a huge opportunity. That sounds like volatility that I want to take advantage of. And, and, and today, we're going to talk about basically how to leverage this blow-off top for your benefit. So... You know, this is a little bit like that old cliche of, you know, the game of describing an elephant to someone that's never seen it, right? And they, they, they can sort of understand it, but they've never seen it with their eyes. And so everything feels a little bit wonky and they don't have perspective. I mean, that's what describing this is, is like to me. And Justin, we've had conversations over the past few years where you're even telling me there are things I haven't gone through because I wasn't on the early side of the 2017 move. And it's like, I, I trust you, right? Like, I take your word for it. Um, but it's not really the easiest thing to understand because it's very unusual and unique. So describe the, what the blow off top, this straight vertical move is like. Yeah. So there's, I actually, I put it to some numbers and then there's a, there's a chart, um, that's on our Twitter account and, uh, and then on our website and you can find it there on the podcast section just to visualize this. Um, but just for example, like in the final four weeks of Bitcoin's um, top in 2017, uh, Bitcoin, the price dumped 30%. Then it, Bitcoin went 2x. Then it dumped 25% and fully recovered in a 24-hour period. Then went on to pump another 60x after that, dump 40%. And then pump 60, uh, not 60x, sorry, 60% again. So like the point there is, yeah, you have in a four-week time frame, it dumped 25%, 30%, and 40% in four weeks. But it's also going like 2x every week as well. So like the volatility that you experience in that final blow-off top is unlike any volatility um, that Bitcoin will go through for, you know, the three years prior, or it doesn't, you don't see anything like it. Um, it's one of a kind for sure. But I think the other, um, I guess if they, uh, the other way to describe the blow off top is if you, especially if you're on Twitter, like everyone thinks they're a genius, you know, like the, the only way to describe it is uh, it's euphoric. Uh, I've, I've used other things to describe it, like truckloads of dopamine, just like being dumped on your, <laughs> on your head, right? Like when everyone has those feelings and Bitcoin is doing this price movement, 
yeah, you want to be you want to be selling into the strength there um, to start to protect that um, that wealth that you've accumulated. Yeah, and we're not you know we're not qualified to be financial experts. We're also not qualified to be uh, full blown psychologists. But to yeah. tag a to tag a note there, right? It's like <laughs> what are we qualified to be? Um, that's a different conversation for a different day. That actually, it, I mean, it, it is a challenge to your psyche. It's a challenge to your emotions. It's a challenge to your sleep, you know, of actually, you know, whatever, going to bed, wondering what's going to happen when I get up in the morning. So today's episode is really focused on A, like you knowing that it's coming, B, knowing what it looks like, because frankly, we'll talk about this in a second it's very challenging to nail exactly when and, and how and how much. It, it's very challenging to nail all of those things. It's impossible, actually. However, we will know when we're in it. And that's really what we're trying to call out today. Because if you know, you knowing is half, uh, is half the battle. So, again, make, the, make the, this opportunity, this volatility, make it your friend. Use it to your advantage. You know, Justin, one of the things that um, some some people are more uh, engaged with charts, they're more engaged with numbers, maybe some level of analysis, and some people hate charts. You know, they don't like looking at the candles, you know, make the candles your friend, right? (laughs) But I actually would say, and to this point, we've got links on our stuff, our website, is actually go look at the 2017 bull run like actually look at you know hey from december 4th to december 10th in 2017 bitcoin went from this to this like imagine that december 4th i don't know what calendar date it was imagine that that was a monday morning and price started out at 2500 and on saturday night it actually closed the day you know at 9k And it did a two and a half X. I don't know if those are the right numbers, but the point is like actually engage with that information and then start thinking about, Oh, okay. So that means like right now we're on a 30% dump, 25 to 30% dump. We're not saying you can completely overlay the two scenarios and fully predict. The point is we want you to understand the range of outcomes. And, and what Justin just described, again, a scenario where Bitcoin went from 2,500, 3,000, almost to 20,000 in a, in a four, five, or six-week time frame, that is in the range of possibilities. So we want to transition here and basically say, all right, we talked about Bitcoin. We have some level of handle on what Bitcoin will do during the blow-off top. But Justin, what's going to happen to all the other coins? Because... You know, and I know, a lot of the people that are listening to this, and will listen to this, um, you know, some people think Bitcoin is boomer coin, uh, as we've heard, right? They think <laughs> Bitcoin is dusty. So let's, uh, that's not my position. I don't think that's your position. But talk to, talk to us about what will happen to Ethereum, uh, into um, um, Binance coin. You know, talk to us about some of these other coins and what will happen to them while Bitcoin is in the process of experiencing this blow off top. Yeah. So, um, depending on like, you know, 2013 was a little bit different than, um, 2017 and we don't expect like every blow off top to be the same, 
but I think there's a lot of similarities. The first thing that I would think of is that price movement that we just talked about with Bitcoin, that was insanely volatile. Well, Bitcoin within crypto is is the least volatile asset. So uh, if you want the, what is that? The, the little joyride in kitty land, like that, that is Bitcoin, you know, compared to what some of these other alts are going to do. <laughs> That's so offensive. I'm sorry. Brand, Brandon <laughs> loves Bitcoin maybe more than I do. I, I, uh, I don't have as much loyalty. I don't know how to describe it. Anyway, the, uh, <laughs> so yeah, what are these alts going to do? Well, if typically the further you get out on the risk curve within crypto, um, the higher pumps you get and the deeper dumps you get. Like it, the volatility just scales as you get further out in the risk curve. So like, okay, well, what is the second, you know, least risky asset? That's Ethereum, right? And then basically as the market caps for these different coins get smaller and smaller, the volatility usually increases. So they're going to be more volatile. That's a big point. The other thing though is these coins do not go up and down like all at once there, they definitely move in unison. Like if you zoom out enough, but what I've told people before is it's a lot like popcorn where, you know, you've got all of these kernels in this popcorn bag, uh, assuming you're, you're microwaving your popcorn, uh, and they don't all pop at once. Right. But if, if you're in the bag of popcorn, you want to find a kernel and hold on to that. And don't get distracted by the other kernels. Like, take your position. Um, if you're going to play an altcoin, uh, take your position and just have patience. Um, yeah, because one of the things you can do, I think, one of the things that you can do that is going to be just your biggest stumbling block or you're just going to get in your own way is by trying to chase, oh, what popcorn is about to pop and, like, trying to just catch them before they go. Um it's kind of a, yeah, it's just not a smart way to play it. You got to have patience, but. Yeah, we, we talked about this concept of uh, friend FOMO um, and yep. we, we both experienced this. Um, I've experienced this as well, but imagine a scenario, uh, you know, you, you, you've gone to lunch with your friends, you're on a text thread with your friends, um, you go to Thanksgiving or Christmas and there's friends and family that ha are trading crypto, right? And, and you're on different coins. And, you know, maybe they're on uh, really like micro cap, small cap altcoins. Maybe they had success with, you know, coins that I'm not going to talk about because we've talked about them way too much last time. And maybe maybe their coins moved first. And maybe because they're so small, maybe they got a four, six or eight X. And you're sitting there going, man, I really like the projects I've invested in. Mine haven't moved yet. There's that instant tug, that FOMO of, man, you know what? The, my coin is dead. Uh, what I have, I picked the wrong horse. We're not even out of the stable yet. And there, there's a tendency to say, man, the wise decision here would actually be to cut bait and just a admit defeat, right? Like, I'd rather be, I'd rather get it right. Uh, I, I don't, I don't have to be right. I want to get it right. You cut bait and you move over to the coin that your friend's on. Because after all, it's very difficult going to lunch time after time. Their stuff is doing well. Your stuff is not. But that what Justin is saying, and, and again, fully agree with, is 
within a time frame. So, you know, microwaving your popcorn for two minutes and 35 seconds, all the kernels pop at, at about the same time, but in individual sequence. The point is uh, be on projects you like, first of all. Getting on stuff you don't have conviction on is a terrible mistake. Uh, but secondly, wait, yeah, wait for your opportunity. Your best opportunity is the opportunity that you have. Um, and again, if you're in bad projects, that's its own sort of bad decision, right? Um, and, and Justin, I thought you made a good point that really the coins you're in should really match your own risk allocation, your own risk uh, aggressiveness or aversion. Um, there really should be a one-to-one mirror match there. You and I have, have very similar beliefs and convictions about the space. You and I have different portfolio allocations. Yep. And that's because you and I have different approaches to risk and timing. As I've mentioned before, you are much more of a skilled trader and I am not, right? I want to make as few moves as possible because the more moves I make, the more I increase my, my error percentage, right? So the point is the best opportunities you have are the ones that you are in. And, and I guess if you hear nothing, hear that. Do not move around. Now is the time to be be still and be patient. Anything else to add there, Justin, before we, before we move on? Yeah, like I can't. Um, I can't emphasize how important patience is in that moment. And it's like, I also can't even emphasize how hard it is to have patience. And it's, it's immensely hard to have patience, especially when like a small, small example, real quick. Um, there was a coin the, like three weeks ago, or maybe it was a month ago. I don't even remember, but I, I was like, that's a coin I want to be on. I was ready to pull the trigger. I was like, this thing looks like it's about to go crazy. And I got distracted, didn't buy it. And then it went 10 X in four days. Um, and having patience in that moment, especially when you were so close to it and you were on it, but like you just barely missed the opportunity that like, that's the time to have patience because it's really easy to just buy that coin after it goes 10 X because you're like, Oh, it's going to go another 10 X. And it might like, that's the crazy thing is it might, but those that in that moment, you have to have the, the self-discipline and the patience to say, Nope, I missed that opportunity. And that's okay. There are going to be so many opportunities that happen over the next, you know, several months you don't have to chase anything. You can let be just just sit and let the market come to you. Yeah, there's a there's a famous story from from the sports betting space, um, which you know our show does not necessarily condone, but uh, <laughs> I have to say that uh, there was this this guy who was famous for, and I can't remember what World Series it was, but he was famous for basically he he basically put up you know I don't know hundred thousand dollars on a certain outcome of game one. He got it right. He moved everything in on game two. He got it right. Moved everything in on game three and, and so on and so forth. I think he made it all the way to game five or game six. And he finally decided, I'm not doing game seven, right? Which was a good decision in the frame of where he was at. The point is I'm trying to make um, – uh, those are once-in-a-lifetime things. If you parlay all of your profits into the next coin – uh, mark our words, you will get wrecked. You will have immense regret 
that is not a good path. The point is, uh, don't have the, hey, let's run it back one more time mentality. At some point, that will not work. Um, if you make profits, take profits and keep keep profits, right? Maybe there needs to be a third unit on that statement. Keep them. Do not put them all back into the market as things are going crazy. Uh, parlay chasers uh, get wrecked, as frankly they deserve to. All right. So we're going to get into sort of a more practical, less philosophical conversation now where we actually are going to talk about the when, the timing mechanism, and the how much uh, parts of the top I want to say at the outset here, uh, there's a a concept that I've I've kind of run into about six months ago. It's been very helpful, and that is this. Models, so data models, data models are meant to be helpful. They are not meant to be accurate. In other words, you should not take a data model and build a very tight, granular plan by the day, by the dollar, you know, by the second. That is not what they're there for. So the way that we look at models, and we'll talk about a few of them here in a second. JP Morgan puts out a a thing. Plan B's got a model. Um, Other traders and analysts that we follow, on-chain people, fundamentals people, everybody has their model and their prediction. Our recommendation is not to pick one of them and say, that's my model, right? That's my team. That's That's my number. Our recommendation is actually to use the models to help build your range of outcomes. Now, a certain you, because you may be more conservative and, and less risk averse, and you you hate losing more than you like winning, uh, which some of us can can uh, attest to. You may find yourself on the early side of those models. Here's the point: use the models, make them your friend. Also, let them build for you what the range of outcomes you need to be considering. What that range looks like. We'll talk more about that in in a minute, but they're meant to be helpful. So don't say, oh, like plan B's model is wrong, right? Or plan B's model is right. I'm going to make all my decisions uh, based off of that. I I do want, before we actually, we're going to actually give a prediction of what our best guess is on the top in a second. But I do want to, I would do an acknowledge, we've talked about the four-year cycle and we're sort of talking about the four-year cycle now in loose terms. We, we are essentially almost beyond the, the technical end of what the four-year cycle would be. It would be the end of this calendar year. Um, we've got a scenario uh, right now where I think cy- everyone's acknowledging the cycle has been extended by external factors. And, and honestly, fine, great, no worries. Um, we've got the Fed uh, doing their, their quantitative easing that, that seemingly, ha- I don't know, indefinite, no end in sight. I, I have no idea. More institutional buying. We've got, you know, ETFs getting approved or not getting approved. And also, frankly, uh, Justin, you've talked about the fact that, um, you know, each cycle does get longer and and longer. The point is, the cycle extending is not a problem, but it also makes predicting the win very challenging. Uh, Justin, anything to add there before we dive into our actual uh, best guesses for timing the top for Bitcoin. No, I think, I think we're good. I, I, uh, 
I have some more thoughts I want to say, but I want to I want to get to that after we talk about more numbers. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, you're first up, and I, what I'm going to do is I'm going to play the Price is Right game. Like whatever you say, I'm just going to add one dollar to that, and I'm going to win. <laughs> We haven't That's talked probably, about stakes for this. We haven't talked about uh, what's riding on this prediction. Yeah, we'll have to like. I'm sure it will come to like some agreement that it'll be a five dollar lunch or something. There you go. Well, Justin, talk to our audience about what you're thinking in terms of when the top will come and why you think that. Yeah. So first, um, I originally thought that the top like. Brandon and I were kind of on the same page. The top is probably going to be sometime between September and December of where we're at right now in, in 2021. Um, and both of us are leaning towards pushing that out a little further. Um, and I'll give you a few reasons for that. But uh, most of the models, like if you, if you look at Bitcoin's price history, um, each bull cycle takes a little bit longer than the previous one. So over time, Bitcoin is becoming uh, less volatile and the cycles tend to go longer. Um, so basically, if we're looking at the previous trajectory, we're looking somewhere between like January to April. And that's not to say that like the, the bull market can't go on past that. Um, if that happens, great. Like we'll be able to adjust and pivot. But I honestly, I think February, if I had to pick a month, I would say sometime around February, um, later into, I guess that's winter, like right before spring, basically. Um, that would be a timing standpoint. Did you want price right now? I forgot. Go ahead. Okay. So, uh, in I, February, I want to get you on the record, Justin. I want yeah, to get no, no, no. on the record. I don't know if you wanted to share anything there on the timing <laughs> before I moved on to price. No, the, uh, so. Uh, from a pricing standpoint, I'll give a range and then I'll I'll give like a, what I think we're going to hit. Um, you know, over the last two years, I've always said I think a hundred thousand dollar Bitcoin is kind of like a base floor level that we should be able to expect to see, and that's just based on how Bitcoin has performed historically. Um, but now in this time, I would say we're looking for like that base to still be a hundred, I, I would say comfortably $150,000 Bitcoin. I'm expecting to see that in the next sometime like three to six months. Um, but then on the high end, like, okay, what is the most aggressive number? Probably around $400,000 Bitcoin. I personally don't think we're going to hit that number, but like that wouldn't, if that happened, I wouldn't be like, Oh, I'm so shocked. Like that was not expected. Um, so yeah, the middle number for me would be about $250,000. I, I think we'll hit that target and it's going to be somewhere around the top there. Yeah, that's that's good. Yeah, it's funny. Uh when we were when we were in, you know, November, December of uh 2020 and Bitcoin was moving rapidly, we started hearing numbers like 275, 325, 375, yep. you know, whatever, maybe, you know, maybe a million dollar super cycle, you know, the closer we get, we don't hear as many of the higher numbers as we, as we had been. Maybe there's a reason for that. Yeah. I think the last, the last uh, prediction or the last time frame in terms of my expectation of when, I think I said January 15 to March 15. Um, 
And maybe maybe you're listening and you're thinking to yourself, okay, guys, like, are you are you just moving the goalposts, right? It's like, oh, well, uh, maybe I need 20 more minutes, mom, you know, maybe I need another week on that assignment. And, I, and I, here's what I would say to that. I mean, it's a fair criticism. First of all, we, 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 have, we have an idea of when in like a calendar year perspective, no idea what week, no idea even what part of the month, maybe even no idea what month entirely. So the point is there's a lot of external factors. Timing is actually not important to us. We're just trying to give an expectation. And we see, I would even say timing should not be important to you. It's more about being able to see what the market is doing and understand what's going on. We're really just trying, like I said, to give range of outcomes. So I would even say don't make too many predictions or promises or, or build your own plan or expectations too much based on timing. But yeah, Feb 15 to March 15 is really my best feel for that. And obviously only time will will tell. I think I'm operating also between uh, 175 to 275 Bitcoin. Uh, I think certainly, say that again. You said, you said uh, I think you meant dollars there. You said 275 Bitcoin. If you have 275 Bitcoin, I would like a few. That would how be rich, wonderful. how rich. <laughs> yeah, 175K to 275K Bitcoin. Uh, and I think our friend uh, Kaleo, not really our friend, but uh, one of the traders and folks we follow on personalities we follow on Twitter, uh, 215 or 218 is like his number, right? So again, range of outcomes is really more important than than picking a number. And again, we have to say this, do not, do not try to sell the top. Do not even think about selling the top. Bitcoin does not send you a trophy. Uh, so don't even, don't even try. Um, so there you have it. Those are our numbers. Um, you know, feel free to give us grief about that. Again, the goal is to get it right. The goal is not to be right. So again, that's part of our platform is we are trying to help and guide people understand what is happening in the market and really how to understand the why, not just the what, or in this case, the when or the how much. Moving on, uh, and, and we'll try to cover this quickly, we're going to get to a how to prepare for the top. Uh, we've got several action steps, bullet points to make. Um, but really quickly, I wanted to mention something I think is actually really interesting, sort of psychologically, historically, uh, whatever you want to call it. Um, we mentioned several pricing models. So Plan B, guy on Twitter, has a model called Stock to Flow. And uh, Stock to Flow has predicted that Bitcoin at some point will be worth over 280K. Um, you know, JP Morgan, uh, they, they have said they value Bitcoin and think Bitcoin will achieve 135K. Uh, I mentioned what Kaleo with his, uh, with his model at 218. And some of them put timeframes on them, some of them don't. Here's what I want to get to. The way to make models sort of work for you, uh, the uh, data financial models, uh, there's a story called the parable of the ox. And I will credit uh, Scott Melker and his team, uh, the Wolf of All Streets. Um, we followed him for a long time. I'll credit him and his team with, with sort of surfacing this and really applying this to this space. So the parable of the ox, uh, a couple hundred years ago, uh, basically there was a, a county fair, the kind of thing where you guess the weight, uh, you guess the weight of the ox, and actually whoever got closest actually won, you know, won the ox. So what would happen is um, 
you know, you'd have obviously you'd have wildly high and wildly low guesses. But one of the things that they figured out is if they took all, you know, maybe hundreds or, or a couple thousand guesses from all the people that attended the fair and, and you know engaged in this competition, the average of all of their guesses was actually within about a pound of the actual size of the ox. Um, and so there's a there's a book, there's a concept called wisdom in crowds. Uh, there's also some other times not to follow the crowd. The point is, the point is, the parable of the ox says essentially, if you take enough data, enough guesses, there's kind of some safety in the average of those guesses. So applying that to this space, if you take enough models, and actually, if you took the top 200 models, uh, you come somewhere in, in the range of, of the in the 200 to 215 thousand dollar. Bitcoin in this cycle. So that's kind of how we approach that topic. And that's kind of our recommendation for paradigm, way you understand it, sort of way you you use that data and apply that data. But enough of the philosophical. Let's turn to the practical. How do we prepare for the top? So again, first of all, know that the top is coming. Have an understanding of what the top looks like and be prepared. Justin, what would be your number one piece of advice for how to prepare for the top? Um, I think the, the biggest thing you can do is know where your stuff is at. <laughs> <laughs> like you don't want to be scrambling to sell your Bitcoin and, and be so disorganized and you, you forgot your passwords and like you don't want to be going through that process rushing to sell. Um, you want to be prepared. So like knowing where your stuff is at and Hey, once a week or every few days, log into your Coinbase if that's where you have it or Gemini or wherever you keep your crypto, be logging in to make sure that there's not some hiccup where, Oh, you need to reset your password or something like that. You want to be able to get in and get, get in quick. Um, that, I think that's the best thing people can do. I'll tag a thought there. Um, we recommend using, uh, two-factor authentication uh, on your accounts. Um, and we also recommend using it via mobile app, like a Google Authenticator or some other authenticator app, as opposed to via text message for reasons of just additional security. With that recommendation, though, uh, your 2FA is tied to your phone. Uh, that does not very easily transfer. If you get a new iPhone and sell your old one to the Apple Store or AT&T, uh, do not do that. Uh, be very, very careful. You actually will have to transfer your two-factor authentication from the device it's currently on to the other device. So actually, I, I will issue a strong word of caution. Like losing your phone in the next two or three months would be a very, very costly uh, mistake and, and a very time-consuming mistake to fix. Yep. And it's, it's kind of that balance of like you need to be secure but also even in the in the security measure of 2FA you want to make sure that you're careful cuz like you have your own risks there where yeah you go on vacation you lose your phone or your kid takes it and you know throws it in the yard and you can't find it <laughs> you know who knows what <laughs> yeah it's kind of like you know if you have if you have keys on keys on keys uh, and you need all of them to access this door right the more keys you have the higher the probability is of maybe losing one of those keys and and you're stuck so yes take that advice secondly um, you need an exit plan. Yep. You actually need to know 
what you're planning to do, how you're planning to scale out. Um, you know, you need to have it ready. Uh, actually I have uh, with my wife, we have sort of a, I say this jokingly, kind of like a code word, right? Like I've told her, Hey, there will be, there will be times that I just tell you, I just need to disappear for a second. Like I, in other words, I need to like disengage from whatever our family is doing. Like I, I may have to go make a decision or whatever. And so she, I think she understands that. Um, actually, and I'll, I'll segue or tease the fact that in, in the next episode, uh, we actually will talk about how to create an exit plan. And I highly commend that to you. Uh, these episodes of understanding the top and creating an exit plan fit very well together. But you need to have an exit strategy. You need to have a plan. Have thought through that in advance, even to play through scenarios in your mind. Justin, give us another one. Yeah. So I guess the final one for me would be don't chase the market. And we talked about that several times during this podcast. Um, the more patience you have in the next several months, basically the higher your balance can go, right? Like there's a correlation there between patience and how much wealth you're accumulating through crypto. Yeah. Good advice. Uh, as we say, patience is alpha. Yep. Last thing for this list of how to prepare for the top. So first of all, know, actually know where your crypto is. Log in, have access to it. Don't lose your 2FA device. Uh, have your exit plan ready. Don't chase the market third. And then finally, this is really practical and may not seem important, but actually be careful about who you're listening to right now. Uh, and, and maybe that, you know, maybe you're thinking of, of Justin and I. What I, I mainly mean is, um, on Twitter, uh, we have curated lists of people we follow that we, we count on for sort of different kinds of advice and input. But as we draw closer to this cycle top, if you've got people just all over the place, maybe create a separate account or, or find a way to maybe pare your list down so that in a moment you, you can scan through information, you can kind of get an understanding of what people are saying, form an opinion, you know, and, and, and act on it. Um, the more people you have speaking in at sort of a critical time, that is not a good critical communication uh, strategy. So with that, uh, we will uh, we'll close out today's episode. Really excited that you joined us today and talking about preparing for the top. Uh, next episode, we will talk about how to create your exit plan and strategy. So for Justin, I'm Brandon. Guys, reminder... If you make profits, take profits. All right, we'll see you next time. For more information, check out our website at blazingcrypto.io. Additionally, if you have friends that are new to crypto, share our trailhead videos from our website, which is a great way to get introduced to crypto.